Kawabunga dudes and dudettes. He's the host with the most. The most love for Christmas in the 1980s, that is. We're talking Jerry D and the Totally Rad Christmas Podcast. Hit it. The year was 2020. A pandemic swept the nation, murder hornets descended upon us everywhere, and the election was so messed up that it only confirmed one thing that many Americans knew to be true. Nobody has any idea what's going on. I'm your host, RDK, and uh, you know what? I'm going to leave this opening to the professional. We're talking with Jerry D today from the Totally Rad Christmas Podcast. Don't worry if you did not like my new opening. I'm going back to what's what works for me. But I had so much fun talking with Jerry in today's episode, I wanted to to keep that going for a little bit. Like I said, we've got a great episode ahead chatting with Jerry D from a Totally Rad Christmas podcast. We're going to also have a story, The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry, and I'll be sharing a listener memory as well. Before we get to Jerry, I'll share this uh, listener memory. Her name is Silvana and She's been reaching out to me on Facebook, and I really appreciate it. She has sent me a Christmas memory I want to share with you today. It was Christmas Eve, 1982, in Southwest Florida, my hometown, Naples, Florida, to be precise. I was eight years old and walking the beach with my grandpa, my best friend and confidant, before our family Christmas Eve dinner. I was filled to the brim with excitement about the day. It was the best day of the year. The anticipation about Christmas presents and delicious food was at its height. There was a chill in the air, at least by Florida standards. The family was gathered near. Everything was truly merry and bright. And just then, as my grandfather and I were walking and talking about all of the sweet and silly things of life, we saw them. A pair of dolphins frolicking and playing, jumping and twirling in the Gulf of Mexico. We stopped and stared in silence, watching the dolphins dance their ocean ballet as though performing specifically for us. Now seeing dolphins in the Gulf of Mexico was not that unusual, but seeing them on Christmas Eve, walking with my beloved grandfather, my heart bursting with the innocence and excitement of Christmas, made these dolphins the most unique and special dolphins in the world. My grandpa has long since passed away and I am now a thousand miles away from home. But that memory is as vivid today as it was 38 years ago. It is a precious moment that I will never forget. Wishing you and yours the merriest of Christmases. Uh, Again, that was from Silvana. I appreciate you reaching out and the communications we've had. She's been doing something that would be helpful for all my listeners to do. And that's sharing on your social media. You know, share this with other friends who might like podcasts or Christmas podcasts, and that really does help us out. And so I appreciate that. And Silvana, I'll be sending you a Christmas card and a sticker as a way of saying thanks for sharing your memories. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. 
You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagney with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. I'm here with a fellow podcast host, Jerry. It's Jerry Davila. Is that right? It's Davila, but that's okay. Da- Davila. Okay. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me start again. I'll accept then. that too. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm here with uh, fellow podcast host Jerry da- Davila. <laughs> this is going in the outtakes. <laughs> Jerry da- <laughs> Jerry Davila, and he hosts the totally awesome. Um... <laughs> now I get Blake. Uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, what's your podcast name? <laughs> totally rad. Christmas. Totally rad Christmas. I <laughs> see the totally threw me off. Okay. <laughs> Take three. <clears throat> and, and he's the host of the Totally Rad Christmas podcast, uh, where he talks about all things Christmas in the 80s. So, Jerry, welcome to the Cozy Christmas podcast. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. For folks who aren't familiar with your podcast, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and give a little bit about your, uh, your podcast and what it's all about. I, my podcast started this April. Um, it was something that I actually planned on starting um, the previous or the, the prior August. And I had been a guest on Tis the Podcast. I did a, a Christmas in July episode with him. Todd Killian from uh, Christmas Clatter Podcast said, hey, you know, you probably should, you know, just have your own show. That was a lot of fun. And I thought, yeah, okay, that's fun. So I came up with kind of the, the idea for it. And uh, it was one of those where, I, I mean, I love my childhood growing up and I thought I really just kind of want to talk about like GI Joe and He-Man and Transformers and like all the toys that I grew up with, but I also kind of wanted to talk other things. And so I thought, well, let me just do uh, Christmas in the eighties, essentially. It's basically a celebration of, of Christmas all things Christmas in the '80s, and so I like to say that it's a it's about the the raddest time of year and the baddest decade ever. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, basically, it's just we, we talk toys, movies, specials, uh, music. We're going to talk about books coming up, um, fashion. And we got a couple of those coming up. Um, fads. Just if you know, as like as I like to say, if it was gnarly during Christmas in the '80s, and you know, we got it covered here. All right, so we're gonna gonna talk about the awesome fanny pack at all or or is that is that 90s <laughs> um you know I, I haven't explored it yet but now that you brought it up i might have to i might have to delve a little further into it <laughs> yeah I, I i remember wanting a fanny pack so bad and i i finally got one and i had realized i have nothing to use this for what am i going to use this for <laughs> but i could put That's things true. in it if i wanted to <laughs> I think we had a couple. Uh, I don't remember if it was in the 80s or 90s. I know uh, my brothers and I each had one, but I don't think we used it very long. Yeah. <laughs> I think we put a couple of things in there and that was about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it was a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like jelly bracelets. We'll get into that and, you know, stuff like that. So, sure. Yeah. Oh, one thing I, I've loved about your podcast is, uh, you know, I, I had shared with you that there's a lot of things from the 80s that I don't remember for whatever reason. 
Um, and it wasn't due to drug use as I, as I just going to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a kid. So, uh, but, right, right. Uh, but then I, I, I hear your, uh, your podcast and then it's like, Oh, I remember that. You know, I, it, it brings up these memories. I thought I had, you know, washed out of my head. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that's been really neat. Like uh, the Mega Man, I, I, you had an episode about Mega Man and <laughs> yeah, um, I, did, yeah. I, oh, I had forgotten that. And um, there are some other things too, you know, it's, it just triggers your, your memory. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, well, uh, well thank you. Yeah. It, uh, it's funny because uh, there's certain things that I remember very vividly. And then there's other things that it was only when I was researching possible topics that they came back. And then my memories all of a sudden, you know, just popped in my head very vividly. So it's a, it's one of those that the, the more I get into it and the more I, I research and remember, the more things um, uh, are, are coming, becoming more clear to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I remembered claymation Christmas celebration, but from there it reminded me of uh you know, of the Garfield Christmas special that, that, you know, we recently did. It's one of those that as I go through shows that I like, you know, like Moonlighting, uh, things like mm-hmm. that, Who's the Boss, there's going to be a, a Facts of Life episode coming up. Uh, and so it's as I go through those, I'm seeing how many actual different either Christmas episodes or, or Christmas things related to it, like Transformers. It, you, you don't really think anything about Transformers, except that they really were the most popular Christmas toy, like the best-selling toy in, I believe it was like 1984. And yeah. so, so it was like the number one selling present. But then they also in the UK had comics um, that were Christmas based. And then in, in a, like a, a, I think it was like a women's day magazine, something like that. They had like a little four page little, spread about Christmas. And so it's, it's all these things that, that you think, you know, something, and then you find one other little thing about, you know, out about it. And it's just, it's like, wow, that's cool. We have to do an episode on this now. And uh, (laughs) so, so it's been fun. It it really has been a lot of fun. Have you learned anything that's surprised you? So yeah, every time I do one, there's, there's always a little something that that kind of surprises me, but I think the most surprising one, uh, something that I just didn't remember at all was the, uh, the Cabbage Patch Kid one, how they were actual like deaths from, you know, or, or, you know, like people being trampled, trying to get Mm -hmm. them. And, yeah. and you think about that like in Black Friday, but I, for some reason I didn't associate it at all with Cabbage Patch Kids, you know, and then it turns out that uh, there was a, a huge lawsuit associated with that because he had gotten the idea from another lady and, you know, she actually taught him how to do it and then he kind of marketed it. And so, it, you know, that kind of thing. And then when the Garbage Pail Kids came out, which were a, a parody of it, uh, there was another lawsuit involving that. But this time, you know, Xavier Roberts sued them. Uh, and so yeah. it, it was just, it's it, all the legal stuff attached to it was something that I had no idea about. And so I'm always surprised with little things like that, that in the, in the grand scheme don't really affect a, a lot of us, but it's a little detail here and there that just kind of blows your mind. Like, wow, you know, talk about litigious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember, I'm going to test your, your brain here. Do you, you remember, uh, uh, it was a show or something called, um, the, the hug a bunch, the hug a bunch. Cause I, I remember the, I remember shirt tails, the get along gang. I don't remember the hug a bunch. No. Yeah. There was a, I think there was a movie. I was, 
it, it was so bizarre at least my my memories of it, it it's my brother as I, I mentioned he's really into the 80s and and things and he was talking about it once and i'm like yeah i remember that sort of but i just have these trippy memories of of i'm like <laughs> going through a, a a mirror or something and <laughs> i don't know it was it was strange maybe i'm just making it all up but <laughs> no no it, it really it was a, a movie um from kenner or yeah. kenner i guess produced the dolls in 85 and then they did make it into a movie yeah. i don't remember this at all but now i kind of want to go back and look it up <laughs> yeah you should um I, I and i know have... a lot of obscure 80s things but this one i don't recall at all maybe uh i'm combining a couple of different things too in my head but i i seem to remember them like being transported through a mirror and going to some kind of magic land or something and mm -hmm. I, I don't know yeah yep it, that's a yep oh that's is, exactly is that, what happened okay well, good. It, i'm not yeah. crazy then <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to watch the movie to find out i, I just asked the expert so. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a bookworm in there <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah well that reminds me of um the the, the glow friends um, yeah yeah and i, I had the a little glow worm glow friends now oh so. nice yeah well there is a the glow friend saves christmas uh, right they have a christmas special as well yeah right yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's if the movie is old enough, I I just cringe at watching it. it I don't know if it's the the acting or I'm I just want something modern and up to date. Beats I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, a lot of times also the uh, yeah the the acting the writing wasn't the best. Uh, yeah, and it's it's fun because you don't want to or, or not fun. It's 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 a difficult thing because you don't want to like watch it and then kind of lose that respect and everything that you had for it but at the same time you kind of want to watch it because you love it so much and so uh thundercats has been released on hulu and i mean uh yeah so my kids and i are watching and and a lot of them are they're pretty much like the same they're all by the book you know but at the same time even though some of the dialogue is cringy some of the acting is cringy i still like it so i think it kind of depends on the property you know, sometimes you watch something, and it's like, oh, I don't know about that. And other times you watch it and it's like, you know what, that kind of, it didn't hold up, but I still like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or uh, you watch something and think, well, that was racist. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that there's, too. There's that whole other like, problem. Okay, yeah. <laughs> different time. It was a different time. And you just got yeah. to tell yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember also the Thundercats and I remember loving the Thundercats, but yeah, I, to, today i could not tell you what they were about or what happened or anything it it's like there's this chunk of my brain missing i don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> no you're yeah. just focused on more important things that's all right okay yeah yeah my my kids my <laughs> my family that's it <laughs> yeah for me it's funny cuz i have the uncanny ability to remember a lot of like ridiculous trivia nonsense things mm. that don't matter at all so like my friends and i growing up we would always quote you know, we'd, we'd watch a movie once and we'd be able to like quote it for days and, and weeks. And, you know, I remember a lot of the girls that hung out with us were like, how do you do that? And we're like, I don't know. We just kind of, we just do, you know, and my friends and I. And so I remember a lot of this, uh, there's a lot of things I remember, you know, so, you know, the origin of the Thundercats, you know, their names and, and weapons and, you know, random facts about them and things like that and same thing with he-man and gi joe i mean i just i remember that stuff that i was really into uh comic books you know i know tons of useless comic book trivia that won't get me ahead in life at all but uh, you know it's okay i i it's just 
my childhood. And so in the end, uh, it, it's, it's just fun. And if I don't remember something, I'll look it up and then, you know, that's our, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have a, a passion for, you know, literature from the 1800s, you know, especially Victorian literature. And, nice. uh, you know, I, I've read so much about Charles Dickens and everything. And, and my wife is always telling me, you know, what are you going to do with all that useless knowledge in your, <laughs> in your head? So I started yep. a podcast <laughs> and now I can talk about it. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the reason why I did it. I just I wanted to talk about all my favorites and uh, yeah. that's about it really. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I I've um so yeah. that's that's been fun. Um getting to talk to authors is, is really exciting. I I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that part of it and I've got some more writers I'm going to be talking to coming up. So um nice. that's that's been a blast. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be yeah. exciting. Well, and uh, I mean, especially if you love Dickens, I mean, you, you got a bunch of his. He's got, well, like five of them. You know, of course, yeah. The Christmas Carol is probably the only one that most people know. But, you know, Cricket on the Hearth and The Chimes and mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the one about the other one about the ghost? Uh, yeah, there's uh, I don't remember what it's is called. It the, the Ghost and a Haunted Man or something. Oh, boy. No, the Haunted I'm, Man. Yeah. That's, yeah. The Haunted, that's Ma- the, one, yeah. Mm-hmm. the Haunted Man and the Ghost Bargain, I think is what it's called. I don't know. Yeah. See, now I'm. Uh, for shame, I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. You can cut that part out. That's yeah, okay. I'll just cut this part out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got like five of them, so that's that's perfect combo right there. Yeah, yeah. Now I need to look this look this up. So, because <laughs> let's see, it's the 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 chimes, right? That's the yeah. one about the goblins. Yeah, the yeah, it was right. The haunted man and the ghost bargain. And then um, the Battle of Life is the other one. Which, oh, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that one isn't really. It's not really super Christmassy. Christmassy yeah. at all, right? Yeah. And actually, um, the chimes is set just... at New Year's. Um, mm. so that's more of a New Year story. And then the cricket on the hearth um, doesn't really talk about what time of the year it takes place. And I think the haunted man takes place at Christmas. That's another one that does. But um, but then you know Christmas kind of weaves in and out through a lot of his stories. Um, mm-hmm. Great Expectations opens up at Christmas time um, with a, a, you know, beautifully written scene about, you know, Pip's in the graveyard and he's looking at his parents' tombstones and all that. And uh, it's just very atmospheric. It's, uh, he he's like, sometimes it's like he's the the tim burton nightmare before christmas thing you know is this <laughs> is this christmas or is it halloween what what is he doing <laughs> he's he's a tim burton of authors <laughs> i guess i guess so yeah of, of the victorian nice. age yeah um <laughs> but yeah it, so i i'm definitely planning to kind of weave in some of these stories in upcoming episodes and talk about them throughout the you know, the 20 years I do this, this podcast. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I got a 20 year plan. We're going to, no, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, um, you know, there's just certain, certain time periods that you really just piques your interest and, in, and in, uh, yeah. for me that, that is, you know, I always say it's, a, it's a time period I wouldn't mind to go visit, but I don't want to live there. You know, I, yeah, I like, right. yeah, yeah. I like indoor plumbing. I like air conditioning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Showers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I like being able to jump online and learn mm. something, look something up really quickly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. You know, uh, having 
antibacterial soap, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's always nice too. Yeah, yep. yeah, those things, yeah, we we take for granted. <laughs> mm-hmm. So have, have you always been just kind of uh, interested in the 80s or is that a, a late blooming? Well, I mean, yeah, but also, I mean, I like my favorite kinds of, of music are classic rock and then jazz and like uh, film scores. Mm. So the film scores is really influenced by like the 20th century composers and uh, even late 19th century, um, you know, and so so I really love that. But then, of course, uh, the jazz, my favorite is like bebop and post bop and modal bop and, and pretty much anything with the word bop in it. I love. And so it's like that's really like 50s, 60s. Uh, and then, of course, the classic rock like the Eagles and and uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac and like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and, and you know, all those that I, I really love. And so, you know, that's definitely more 70s. So it's really funny that, uh, you know, a lot of my fondest memories are in the 80s. Mm. And uh, it's, you know, but randomly, I like just listening to 80s music and Phil Collins will, you know, I'll bust that out as well. But in general, I, I think a lot of it had to do was once Ren and Stimpy kind of came around like a Nickelodeon there was a whole, it was like a big shift in like, uh, in cartoons, I noticed, and they just weren't quite the same quality. Um, and then the ones that I did like, like, uh, Batman, the animated series and, and the Superman, you know, Batman, Superman hour, um, it, they were great, but the, the art style was definitely more of like, uh, you know, uh, anime kind of a style or at mm-hmm. least leaning towards that, you know, things were much more angular they didn't look the same as they did with with He-Man and Thundercats and and GI Joe. And so, while the writing was definitely better in in that style show, I didn't like the art as much. And so, so every time something new would come out, uh, I, I like it, and there's a lot to be said for. It. But at the same time, I'm also drawn to you know some of the stuff that I was just really into in my childhood, and and a lot of it I think is the quality of uh, of at least. Uh, art maybe not uh, the animation because i think things are animated a little bit better but there's just the, the color palette is different the mm-hmm. the art is different you know the, the style and um and then things were just cooler they just sounded cooler you know i mean now you have like pj masks but back then you had like you, you had he-man you know and <laughs> yeah. so it was like much more it was much more like fantasy you know, sci-fi fantasy oriented type things with Transformers and Voltron and, and Mask. And so it, yeah. it's uh, nothing against Paw Patrol and PJ Masks, although they're not my favorites. But <laughs> at the same time, they just don't have that same appeal, at least to me, like as a little boy, I was I was really drawn to that. And I kind of looked up to like the leader figure like Duke and Lionel and Optimus Prime and, you know, He-Man and, and all those. And uh, I really kind of, you know, I really was drunk to that. Whereas with a lot of these, I, I really don't know who I kind of look up to. It's just a, a show that's mm-hmm. on. And so it's just nothing that, that really, uh, at least if I was a kid, I don't know if I would be as into it as I was with those other cartoons. And so, yeah, I've always kind of really gone back to to that era. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I loved the G.I. Joe toys, but I, I don't mm-hmm. ever really remember watching the show. Uh, the cartoon at all. Uh, I I didn't really watch a lot of TV even when I was, I was a kid. Um, I I like to be outside and, or reading, you know, there's a surprise, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there, there's a, a movie where there's a joke about this one character who like, what was he like when he was a kid? And 
said something like shorter, you know, <laughs> he's the same person <laughs> as an adult as he was as a kid. And, you know, that's me. I was, I was just shorter. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember really liking the, the GI Joes, the, and the transformers, you know, my brother's huge transformer nut and, um, nice. he, um, like I said, he collect he collects them, and I remember getting some for Christmas one year, and and that was pretty fun. And I, I liked the toy, but again, you know, I was the movie was okay. Um, I know that's sacrilege to to say that to some <laughs> my brother. What do you mean it's okay? It's perfect. It was, it was <laughs> it's dramatic, is what it was. It's the citizen like all of, your favorite Autobots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and see, I I never really watched the the cartoon show or anything, and so when they're all getting wiped out it's like i don't you know okay whatever i i have no emotional attachment to these yeah and, yeah you know, my you. brother's like crying <laughs> what's your yeah. problem you know <laughs> uh, but how yeah we, it's how my generation that's how our generation learned about death <laughs> yeah <laughs> from optimus prime <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> well what i what i learned there is that the the guy who dies always comes back to life at the end so <laughs> that's true yeah yeah isn't that <laughs> Doesn't he come back to life, or is that the movie I'm thinking of? The Optimus. Prime? Well, I'll be honest; I don't even remember anymore. It's oh, okay. Been, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long because it was. I remember watching it was so traumatic that I was kind of like blocked it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. And every time I want to, I come so close, and it's like, no, I don't think I can handle it. So, <laughs> I just stop. yeah, and this is oh, more. Uh, early 90s but I, I was into the ninja turtles more than oh yeah Transformers. yeah ninja turtles was ninja just, turtles were rad oh yeah for sure yeah awesome totally <laughs> see i mean uh, you get stuff like that and and nowadays we have like dora the explorer and you know caillou i mean it's just it's there's nothing of the same you know they, they really don't even show saturday morning cartoons very much anymore and right. so it's it's one of those things where it's like i remember Saturday mornings, that's what I do. I'd watch TV for, you know, a couple hours and then I turn off and go play outside, you know, or something mm -hmm. or play with my toys. And so it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, something about it just, it's, it gives me the warm fuzzies and maybe it's just because I was young and, and I, that's what I grew up with. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I yeah. miss the warm fuzzies. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really going to be interested what our kids look back on with nostalgia, you know, in, in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think oh, it's going to sure. be really interesting. Grandpa's pulling out the Grinch again. No, no. <laughs> Let's watch yeah. something else. <laughs> that old movie. <laughs> but did, did you like the that new Grinch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I like, really, I like all three that have been out. Oh, that's right. You like the the, the live but, action one too, yeah. Yeah, I like the, I like the Jim Carrey is probably my favorite, but it was one of those things where, and wow. I know it's, it's not. Take. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hot take, and you can send in angry letters to um, totally rad uh, Christmas podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I was kind of a teen. I was a teenager when that came out. I was a big Jim Carrey fan, um, mm -hmm. and it was like what we were talking about at the Garfield special: how they would have the jokes with the emotional depth. And when I was mm -hmm. a kid, you liked the jokes and. You know, yeah. the Grinch with Jim Carrey has joke after joke after joke with really no emotional depth at all. So <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to admit the the movie is, is not the best. I mean, it looks garish. You know, the color it mm -hmm. just looks like somebody lost their lunch on the film screen. <laughs> but 
I, I, you know, it just, I love it. it. It's, it brings back a lot of fun memories and, and it's hilarious. Um, but so I, I, I tell people now that if I'm feeling sarcastic, I'll watch Jim Carrey's Grinch, but if I need something sweet, I'll watch the new one, uh, that has, you know, uh, Benedict Cumberbun, whatever his name is, uh, Cumberbatch in it. <laughs> um, Cumberbatch. Yeah, there we go. And especially my my daughter really likes that that new animated one, um, yeah. So she you know she likes that one quite a lot. So <clears throat> we're so that and that's fun. Um, but and I've said before, I'm probably the worst movie critic ever because I love just about everything I I see. Uh, it's <laughs> you know basically if I've decided I'm going to watch it, it probably means I'm going to at least find something that I like in it. Um, mm-hmm. There, there's a few I have a hard no on. Um, like for one is, uh, and this we might get more angry letters, but um, the the Christmas Story movie, I I just can't stand that that movie, and I can't even tell you why. <laughs> you know, I I've that not movie, been able to sit through it. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's not my favorite either. Um, I I did an episode on it with with my uh, my the store manager and the the owner's daughter. Right. And it was, uh, I mean, it, you know, I, it was fun. It was a fun episode. I watched the movie again specifically for it, but it's just, even then I, I couldn't, I, I respect it a little bit more knowing it's history after I did some of the research, but at the same time, I just, it's just, it's never going to be on my Christmas canon. Yeah. It's, you know, and part of it was because I, I didn't really grow up with it. Um, it was one of those where, you know, my mom didn't like it. And so, you know, if mom doesn't like it, then we're not going to watch it. And right. so we didn't, yep. <laughs> and, and we didn't, didn't grow up with it. And so going back to it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's a good movie. You know, there are parts of it I don't like, mm-hmm. and there are parts of it I think are really creative and funny, but in the end, uh, you know, it's just, it's not something that I'm going to stick with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, and honestly, I mean, I'm glad people like it. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I have movies I like that, people would be, you know, well, that's a terrible film, you know, <laughs> and I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, that's, that's one I don't, I don't understand at all. <laughs> so, um, I get you. so yeah. again, uh, angry letters, don't, don't send them to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, all right. Well, do you have uh, a favorite Christmas movie that you, you know, you've got to watch this film every year or, Christmas is ruined. I actually have several that I have to watch every year or it's not Christmas. And it, uh, as far as a favorite, yeah. And favorite is kind of hard because it depends on what mood I'm in. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's like some days Scrooged is like my all time favorite. And then just depending on if I, like you said, if you need something sweet, you might watch something else. And, I think most times uh, I really love uh, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. I think those are like like my top two of my top two. But then I really love Muppet Christmas Carol. And it's like, ah, I got to watch that or else, again, it doesn't quite feel like Christmas. But same thing with like It's a Wonderful Life and, and Miracle on 34th Street. It's just I have to watch all of these. <laughs> and it just but I think most of all, if I don't see Rudolph, and Frosty and um, Santa Claus is coming to town, then it just does not at all feel like Christmas. Like I have to watch those three for sure. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the Rankin Bass, which, you know, I'm wearing my Rankin Bass shirt. Oh, nice. Now, but uh, <laughs> it's like, I have to watch those. And it's just, it's was so much a part of growing up that it's just without it, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, it would be um, the, the Santa Claus uh, with Tim Allen. You know, I was a huge Tim Allen fan, still am. Uh, I, and I was nice. a teenager watching Home Improvement, you know, that it was just oh, perfect. Perfect. And then, you know, I hear they cast him in a movie as Santa Claus. And, and I'm like, what are they thinking? He doesn't look like Santa. He doesn't look anything like Santa Claus. I'll watch it because, <laughs> you know, it's Tim Allen. But then I right. saw what they were doing with it. And I thought, oh, this is genius. So that's that's the one. I've seen the other films in the series, but I think I've only seen them once. Um, you know, the first one is just perfect. And that's that's I like that one. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Carrey's The Grinch is one I like to see every year. Probably Elf is pretty high up there. Now, that movie has been interesting for me uh, because when I first saw it, I I did not like it. Um, really? I, yeah, I, I think it was, I just didn't care for Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. Which I is can, weird because I, I like Jim Carrey. You know, I don't find Jim Carrey's over-the-top craziness to be annoying at all. But for some reason, <laughs> Will, Ferrell, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm broken. <laughs> no, no, don't but, know. <laughs> uh, you know, you just get that certain actor that you just really connect with, I guess, which is yeah. kind of disturbing when you think about Jim Carrey. But uh, what are you going to do? But uh, yeah, <laughs> then I watched it one year and I'm just like, yeah, so this is fine. Okay. And then we watched it again the following years and, and our kids were loving it. I mean, they loved it. You know, our kids were kind of that eight, six year old age group, you know, probably about the age of your kids right now. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're like, can mm-hmm. we watch this again, please, please. And uh, fine. okay, fine. Um, so I guess, uh, is it Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> you've been, you fall in love with your kidnapper. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I must've yeah. just either caught their excitement or I actually started watching this movie wanting to like it or something. I don't know, but Probably about the third time we saw it, I, I was like, you know, this actually isn't that bad of a movie. And now I, 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 it's yeah. one of my favorites and it doesn't seem like Christmas without it. Um, you know, and I think for my kids, what they're going to, the films they're going to look back on are, are probably Elf. Um, and I may have, I'm going to really offend people here, but I think uh, one of my kids said, something uh, about the the Grinch with Jim Carrey. He said he preferred that film. He said it's way better than that old, old cartoon from the sixties that <laughs> I know. I was like, Oh, what did I do? <laughs> I, I've created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, I, I know uh, <laughs> the Polar Express is probably going to be one that they will look back on. And, uh, okay. you know, I know people, maybe our age don't care for that film as much, but yeah, that wasn't one of mine that I had to watch, but I, I never read the book till later either. Yeah. I I've actually never read the book. Actually. Yeah. I don't even think I've read that book. No, I haven't read the book. I think I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I love the film when it came out and that, that's probably one in my top five. Oh, wow. Um, but again, a lot of that has to do with, you know, my when that, that movie came out, my oldest son was huge into trains. And there's this annoying boy character in the movie that, you know, rattles off all these facts about trains. 
And my wife and I started laughing because we're like, that's Ryan. He does that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this, but, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah. And he has some fun memories over that movie. That, and, you know, I think that's going to be one where the kids will, when they're adults, they'll look back at that and, and have those warm feelings for, for those films and, and their kids are going to be saying, "Oh, that film's garbage." You know, <laughs> take me to see, take me to see the Grinch three. <laughs> the Grinch three, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, you but- know, it's funny because I, I think I know for sure. Um, I've already gotten them used to watching, you know, all the Rankin Bass yeah. Christmas ones. So I know for sure they'll be looking back on those, but I haven't really gotten much into the other ones. Uh, Elf is funny because I remember watching it. I was like, "Oh, that was good." And while it's grown on me, it's still, it's never been as much as like a lot of the, a lot of other podcast hosts really extol it. Uh, I, Mm. I don't find it that uh, compelling, honestly. It's a great movie. I love the movie, but it's not as good to me as like Christmas Vacation or Home Alone or, Mm. or even Scrooge. I think they're, they're, they're just better constructed. I think they're better filmed. The score is better. You know, I, I just there's a lot that, that I like better about the these older ones. Not not that I have anything against Elf. I love Elf. I just I just don't think it's as good as as everyone's saying. And so I, I get where you're going with that one. And mm-hmm. so we haven't really showed my kids that one yet either. <laughs> they've seen. Let's see. Of course, they've seen the new Grinch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they'll probably. And I think my daughter's right there where she prefers it to the uh, the older one. Yeah. You know, and of course I'm like, no, the old one's better. <laughs> but you know, if she likes it better, that's fine. That's that's her opinion. But she, it's, she can be wrong. It's fine. It, yeah, yeah, it's okay. She can live in her ignorance. But <laughs> no, just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, no, cut that out too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny. Yeah, what what my uh, what my daughter likes about the the new animated Grinch is that. I mean, she picked up right away that he he's actually pretty nice um, yeah. you know, through it. And I guess, I mean, she's really sensitive about that kind of thing with, you know, somebody's being, being mean to someone. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's the way like she treat that he treats Max and all, all these things. It, it just, she's like, this is this hashtag my Grinch, you know? <laughs> this yeah, is the, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he's grumpy, but he's easily, you can see he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is uh, completely different from the original, you know, uh, and the Boris Karloff, where, I mean, he's definitely Grinchy, you know, <laughs> and and I think that's what makes his change more profound in the end, you know, uh, at least to me. The real big question of of the night is: uh, Is Die Hard a movie <laughs> or a movie? Is, <laughs> is Die Hard a Christmas is Die Hard movie? A Christmas movie? I'm uh, I'm in the minority. I think I do not think it is. Uh, I think it is just an action movie that happens to be set at Christmas. You know, they, they use Christmas as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, uh, it seems like the culture in general is is leaning towards it being a Christmas movie. Um, I'm I'm not with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm counter, countercultural. Uh, right. So take that, people. <laughs> That's no, right. But, uh, no, I, I I don't really think it is. I mean, I I prefer my movies with my Christmas movies with less, uh, you know, bullet ridden bodies and and uh, neck snapping. So 
Call me old fashioned, I suppose. Oh, but. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, and and I love Die Hard. I can watch it any time of the year. It, it's a great movie. I just don't think it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, it's it's funny because I was probably leaning towards that it was, but so many people annoyed me with it. <laughs> you know, with it, the <laughs> yeah, ones who yeah. even the, I was on this their side. You know, like it's a Christmas movie, and they were kind of obnoxious about it. And so finally, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even yeah, want to talk about yeah. it. That's kind of how I am too. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was willing to be swayed and then it's just like, okay, now, now you're just, you're pushing it. So, <laughs> well, and I, I made a, a a promise that I would never talk about that movie on my podcast. So I just broke a promise to myself, but. Well, that's, it's funny if you said that because that's part, another part of the reason why I started my podcast was so that I would never do a diehard episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but then I interviewed Stephanie Davis for her movie, The Christmas Ride, yeah. uh, as a bonus episode. And I told her, you know, she's welcome to come back and she wanted to do, she wants to do Die Hard. So I, I'm like, well, okay, fine. You know, okay. <laughs> I might, I might end up breaking my promise just, you know, so that, so she can come back on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I had to bring it up since uh, you're all things ni- 1980s. So. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did. And I, I do. Yeah. I Like I said, I love the movie. I think it's a, a great movie. Um, I just don't think it's a Christmas movie. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. I <laughs> So I, I really cop out now. I, I basically say, if you think it is, that's great. If you don't think it is, that's fine. Um, don't force your opinion on me. <laughs> That's and that's kind of how I am too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm, okay. who made you the the boss of what qualifies as a Christmas movie? You know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're starting to sound like old men on the front porch here. <laughs> well, back in my day, we that's had right. neon everywhere. That's right. Get off my lawn. <laughs> it was parachute pants and. Oh man. Yeah. yeah denim and parachute pants and neon and <laughs> mohawks and we no i don't know i i grew up in the in the 90s um where the the really baggy pants were super popular and oh, i guess yeah. maybe i am countercultural because i never went after that i mean i'm like you guys look like morons <laughs> you know? well that i was the same way i didn't like those either i just thought it was a dumb look you know yeah and, and i know they were yeah people loved them but i just i don't know it's something about it just didn't look right to me so. yeah well my uh my stepmom had this story she would always tell that she she was at work somewhere and there was this really long hallway that where she would go walk during her lunch lunch break and so she's walking along and there's this kid walking in front of her with you know the baggy pants and she's realizing that those things are really really baggy and she's watching and they're slowly, slowly starting to slip. <laughs> and then suddenly, boom, down they went. <laughs> and and his, his pants just dropped to his ankles and <laughs> right, right in public. And, and he's like oh, scrambling, no. falls over, you know, he's trying to pull his pants off. And, and she walks by him just laughing her head off. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's why I never wore those. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it's it's too risky why risk it that's right (laughs) that's right well do you have any uh any christmas memories that are a favorite memory or uh traditions that you you enjoy oh man so many actually um one thing that we always do uh whenever we're together is we go christmas caroling and so it's uh 
you know, it's every other year where we're down there with my folks, but we, we always, my brothers and, and, you know, uh, now my kids, which I really enjoy. Uh, and my, my parents, we all go Christmas caroling down the, the street, but then to a couple of other, um, ne- I mean, now it's pretty much just down the street and then to a couple of, of my parents' friends. But um, I mean, I remember going like all over the neighborhood, just, you know, knocking on doors and then just singing a couple of tunes and then people inviting us in sometimes and getting us like hot chocolate or, uh, or apple cider or something. And I mean, it was, it was cool. I, I, I loved it and I still love it. And so we're planning, uh, my, my mom's staying with us um, through this whole COVID thing since we didn't want to send our kids back to school uh, in person yet. Mm-hmm. And so um, she's watching the younger ones. And so uh, we plan on going, you know, to my neighbor's houses now. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's mostly just uh, my mom's hot chocolate and M&M cookies and eating tamales on Christmas Eve. That's like our, our main staple. We'd go to the children's mass and then we'd come home and we'd have uh, our, you know, our hot chocolate and tamales and, and finish it off with M&M cookies. And we'd just exchange a present or two from, uh, you know, from the brothers mm-hmm. and then go to sleep and Christmas morning, it would be, you know, go time. <laughs> boy we i i love christmas eve i mean that's i probably like christmas eve better than christmas day itself you know the, right I, th- I think it's the anticipation for the next day mm-hmm. but yes, i exactly. i love to um once all the kids are in bed you know and if my wife goes to bed first and right before i go to bed just to kind of step outside and and see if i can catch santa flying around but <laughs> uh, i i love that yeah. you go outside even just for a couple of minutes there there really is just a, a a sense of quiet but also of anticipation and i don't know if it's just me um or there's some kind of deeper metaphysical thing going on i you know i don't know but <laughs> um, yeah it, i know what you mean yeah. yeah yeah it's just like tomorrow's the big day and this is going to be so fun and and all that and you know just take a moment to reflect on the past year and uh, all the, all the blessings and all the the fun times, yeah. the and all the rough times we made it through and all that. So, um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's probably my favorite night of the year. Um, once once we get we get our kids to bed and then uh, my wife and I have a uh, we do a fondue with we, we uh, use hot oil and fry up little uh, pieces of like um, steak and chicken. Sometimes we'll have shrimp. Oh, nice. We'll just stuff ourselves with fondue and, and so the next morning uh she, and she her parents would do that since she can remember so she said the smell of hot oil um smells like christmas to her <laughs> which is strange and it, it's it's getting there but <laughs> for me too but but yeah because the next morning the yeah. whole house smells like you know kind of burnt oil <laughs> um, <laughs> so we light a christmas candle and <laughs> but there you go Nice. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun just to have those quiet moments to kind of okay. Now we can take our deep breath and <laughs> we we got here. We made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, there's something about after the kids go to sleep because you know there's just so much excitement. I think mm-hmm. and it's it's like palpable, you know. And then they, they go to sleep and finally you're just it's dark and you're alone and the tree is on. Yep. It's, it's kind of, it's magical. It really is. And you can just, you feel the energy and the excitement in the air, but also like a calm stillness. 
and yeah. the the juxtaposition of the two is something that it's hard to describe but you feel it and then yeah. knowing that uh i mean i don't want to get too catholic on you but just knowing no, that fine. uh you know the christmas season is about to start and and it's can basically because uh, we have an octave where essentially it's like christmas for eight days essentially mm-hmm. and so it's like knowing that that that's coming up and and you know the birth of our lord i mean it's just it's yeah, it's, it's wow. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those that it's just, it, it gets you and yeah, you, it just, you feel it in your heart. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. That's like the best way. And it's, that's well, a terrible well way, but that's well said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you there that, um, you know, there, there's so much, there's so much fun with, with Christmas, you know, there's, Mm-hmm. there's Santa, there's the presents, there's time with family, a lot of things. And, and it's a lot of things to a lot of people, um, you know, but for me again, um, you know, to celebrate Christ, that's, that's at its heart for us. And, yeah. um, you know, and it's, uh, it's everything for us, you know, that's, that's yeah, exactly yeah. the huge celebration um, that we, you know, we anticipate. And, you know, that, that part is, is fun. And so we want to make sure, you know, in all of our fun, we, we teach our kids about the sacred side of it too. You know, we want right. to make sure they mm-hmm. understand that this is not just a, you know, a free for all extra birthday for you. <laughs> that D- Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's uh, a serious uh, part to this. It's great watching them slowly, you know, grasp that and, and catch on to it. If, if nothing else, if I had no presence, if I had no tree, no decorations, nothing. As long as I had uh, Christ and and my family with me, then you know that's mm-hmm. that's a perfect Christmas. That's so, right. Yeah. Dahu Dore. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Fahu Fore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I guess to bring it back to the uh, Garfield episode, it's it's not the giving, it's not the getting, it's the loving. <laughs> it's the loving. Yep. Right. Um, you know, we we have Christ in common there, and. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand what his his act of love and um, all that he has done for us, and we are able to, you know, demonstrate that it's it's uh, uh, it's it's profound. It's a profound thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't know we'd end up waxing religious here, but <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I okay. didn't either. I, yeah, <laughs> uh, Transformers, GI Joe. There you go. <laughs> started off with J.I. Joe, ended up with Jesus. Uh, how did that work? <laughs> but it's all good. Yep. All right. Well, Jerry, thank you for stopping by uh, the podcast. I hope that you and your family have a Merry Christmas, that you, you guys stay healthy and and uh, make this the best year ever. Well, thank you. I hope you have a Merry Christmas with you and your family as well. And, uh, you know, if you ever need anything, we're, we're here. So. All right. All right. Well, um, I'll probably have you on on again. We, we have to help you get, reach the goal of getting the Guinness Book of World Records for most podcast appearances. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm far from that, but I do love the running gag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that we were talking about how you could probably have a in the discord that you could probably have your own podcast of just other people's episodes you've appeared in. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I really haven't appeared in that many. It's, I think it just seems like it because I've done several bonus episodes for tis the podcast. Yeah. I, I've only been on their show proper like twice. And then I was on Christmas clatter. I think 
uh, once and as a judge and then uh, Christmas time in the city once. And that's really it. So it's mostly um, it's mostly just I think just the bonus episodes, but it's funny, but I, yeah. I, I like the gag. It's a, <laughs> it's a good bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so watch out for the icy patch too then, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I, uh, the, the running I gag. Yeah. an episode on, on, uh, on that, uh, Mike Westfall's advent calendar right. house. As well. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, what, what, uh, how can we find you online and anything you want to promote for your podcast? Sure. Uh, Yep. So I am at uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas on Twitter at Rad Christmas. And um, I have a website coming soon, maybe. I don't know. But if not, uh, you can always just find me anywhere you can find podcasts. So, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all, all that stuff, you know, um, I'm, I'm there. Yep. Very likely he's been on your favorite podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> it's, it's it's true. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember which one. I was listening to one that you were on a little while ago and halfway through I couldn't remember if it was your podcast I was listening to or somebody else's. So <laughs> like wait, which one am I listening to? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I get that way as well. It's like, wait a minute, is this mine? No, that's not mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, Jerry, you have you have a good night and take care. Well, thank you. You too. Today's story is a Christmas classic. It is The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. O. Henry is the pen name for William Sidney Porter, and he was born on September 11th, 1862, and died on June 5th, 1910. The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry $1.87 That was all, and 60 cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted it. One dollar and eighty-seven cents, and the next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl, so Della did it. Which instigates the moral reflection that life is made up of sobs, sniffles, and smiles, with sniffles predominating. While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home, a furnished flat at eight dollars per week. It did not exactly beggar description, but it certainly had that word on the lookout for the mendicancy squad. In the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go, and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring. Also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its possessor was being paid $30 per week. Now, when the income was shrunk to 20 though, they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat above, he was called Jim and greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as Della, which is all very good. Della finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with the powder rag. 
She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only a dollar and eighty-seven cents with which to buy Jim a present. She had been saving every penny she could for months. With this result, twenty dollars a week doesn't go far. Expenses had been greater than she had calculated. They always are. Only a dollar eighty-seven to buy a present for Jim. Her Jim. Many a happy hour she had spent planning for something nice for him. Something fine and rare and sterling. Something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by Jim. There was a pier glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen a pier glass in an $8 flat. A very thin and very agile person may, by observing his reflection in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips, obtain a fairly accurate conception of his looks. Della, being slender, had mastered the art. Suddenly, she whirled from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brilliantly, but her face had lost its color within twenty seconds. Rapidly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. Now, there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Had the Queen of Sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft, Della would have let her hair hang out the window some day to dry just to depreciate Her Majesty's jewels and gifts. Had King Solomon been the janitor, with all his treasures piled up in the basement, Jim would have pulled out his watch every time he passed, just to see him pluck at his beard from envy. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knee and made itself almost a garment for her. And then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once she faltered for a minute and stood still while a tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown jacket. On went her old brown hat. With a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the stairs to the street. Where she stopped, the sign read, Mademoiselle Saffroni, hair goods of all kinds. One flight up, Della ran and collected herself, panting. Madame, large, too white, chilly, hardly looked the Saffroni. Will you buy my hair? asked Della. I buy hair, said Madame. Take your hat off and let's have a sight at the looks of it. Down rippled the brown cascade. Twenty dollars, said Madame, lifting the mass with a practiced hand. Give it to me quick, said Della. Oh, and the next two hours tripped by on rosy wings. Forget the hashed metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the stores, and she had turned all of them inside out. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation, as all good things should do. It was even worthy of the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that it must be Jim's. It was like him, quietness and value. The description applied to both. Twenty-one dollars they took from her for it, and she hurried home, 
with the 87 cents. With that chain on his watch, Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason. She got out her curling irons and lighted the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love, which is always a tremendous task, dear friends, a mammoth task. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny, close-lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully, and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he takes a second look at me, he'll say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and eighty-seven cents? At seven o'clock, the coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove, hot and ready to cook the chops. Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat on the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. Then she heard his step on the stair away down on the first flight, and she turned white for just a moment. She had a habit of saying a little silent prayer about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered, Please, God, make him think I am still pretty. The door opened and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. Poor fellow, he was only twenty-two, and to be burdened with a family. He needed a new overcoat, and he was without gloves. Jim stopped inside the door, as immovable as a setter at the scent of a quail. His eyes were fixed upon Della, and there was an expression in them that she could not read, and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, nor horror, nor any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with that peculiar expression on his face. Della wriggled off the table and went for him. Jim, darling, she cried, don't look at me that way. I had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. You've cut off your hair, asked Jim laboriously, as if he had not arrived at that patent fact yet even after the hardest mental labor. Cut it off and sold it, said Della. Don't you like me just as well anyhow? I'm me without my hair, ain't I? Jim looked about the room curiously. You, you say your hair is gone? He said with an air almost of idiocy. You needn't look for it, said Della. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it went for you. Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered, she went on with sudden serious sweetness, but nobody could ever count my love for you. Shall I put the chops on, Jim? Out of his trance, Jim seemed quickly to wake. He enfolded his Della. For ten seconds, let us regard, with a discreet scrutiny, some inconsequential object in the other direction. Eight dollars a week? or a million a year. What is the difference? A mathematician or a wit would give you the wrong answer. The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. This dark assertion will be illuminated later on. Jim drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it upon the table. 
Don't make any mistake, Dell, he said, about me. I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or a shampoo that can make me like my girl any less. But if you'll unwrap the package, you may see why you had me going a while at first. White fingers and nimble tore at the string and paper, and then an ecstatic scream of joy, and then, alas, a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wails, necessitating the immediate employment of all the comforting powers of the Lord of the Flat. For there lay the combs, the set of combs, side and back, that Della had worshipped long in a Broadway window. Beautiful combs, pure tortoise shell with jeweled rims, just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers, but the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone. But she hugged them to her bosom, and at length she was able to look up with dim eyes and smile and say, Oh, my hair grows so fast, Jim. And then Della, Della leaped up like a little singed cat and cried, Oh, oh, Jim had not seen his beautiful present. She held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm. The dull, precious metal seemed to flash with a reflection of her bright and ardent spirit. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down on the couch and put his hands under the back of his head and smiled. Dell, said he, let's put our Christmas presents away and keep them a while. They're too nice to use just at present. I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs. And now suppose you put the chops on. The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here, I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are wisest. Everywhere, they are wisest. They are the Magi. And that is The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. This is a classic story. And it's probably one that, like the Christmas Carol, has been adapted numerous times in, in different ways and in different movies, TV shows, radio plays, all those things. And, you know, it does bear some marks of its time period. Um, you know, the, the wife is spoken of as being owned by her husband. And, you know, that rubs me the wrong way, to be honest. And Again, that I mean, it was the time period and all that. I'm, I'm just glad to say that I think as a society, in some ways, we are hopefully getting a little bit better how we view our spouses and, and partners. Of course, uh, there's the religious allusions in the story to the Magi, to the wise men and how they brought gifts. My takeaway of this is that if you give a gift, you are being wise. But I, I think it's even deeper than that, that 
This is a gift of sacrifice. I think at the heart of it, this is what makes gifts to be a wise and powerful thing that we do at Christmas time. It's not to satisfy our greed, but it's a way that we can express to others how much we care for them. Even in their poverty, they found a way to give. It still took sacrifice. I think gift giving is a powerful thing. And if you recall back a couple episodes when I had Nancy uh, Nancy Johnson on, who wrote the, the Christmas Memories book, and she said in that interview that, you know, we, we like to complicate things. You know, that's what we were talking about. It's, it's not about even the monetary amount we spend. It's doing something nice for someone. It's helping someone out who might be homebound to, to walk their, their pets, to bake a cake for them, to, you know, do something. Give the gift of your time. Um, that can be a profound, profound gift to someone that will make memories and be something you can talk about for years to come. Um, So there's all kinds of gifts we can give. This year, when we give gifts, let us give from a heart of love, because that's what these two, Jim and Della, did. They gave to each other out of hearts full of love for the other and wanting the best for the other. And that's really, when it comes down to it, what love is, that you are seeking the best for the other person, even at the expense of yourself. And at its heart, that's the kind of love that we find at Christmas. If there are other Christmas stories you'd like me to read on the podcast, just let me know. Send me a recommendation to cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, you can help support the show by going to ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com and search for Cozy Christmas Podcasts, and I'll have the link in the show notes. That really does help us out, and I appreciate it. And I'll send you a, a, a card with a sticker as well. I want to thank Jerry again for stopping by and for the laughs that we shared. It was such a great conversation. So that's it for this week. Christmas gets closer every day. The excitement is building. And I hope, like Silvana, you are able to take some time with family and form some very special memories with each other. In the meantime, be kind to each other and share your stories. And remember that there's nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.